Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million, million nights just like this So let's get down, let's get down to business Mama, please don't worry about me I'm about to let my heart speak My friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast, presented by Manscaped. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. I'm with my other co-host, Clay Vanderham. Vandy, how's it going? Vandy is dandy. Yeah, we're back on the ice, and the kids were both the U9s and the U13s today were buzzing. I, nice. I think that word is used too much. I got to think of a different one, but they were flying. The kids were flying tonight, and the younger kids are flying this morning. Nice. That's good. That's good. So things have picked up for you guys on that front, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, rumor, you know, it, it's the hockey world. So rumors fly every day, but um, rumor has it. We'll, we're supposed to get an announcement tomorrow. We'll see what that is. Yep. You know, at the very least, I hope it's just that we can get our whole team right now. We're doing separated for yep. our U nines. We're separated eight and eight. And then for our U13s, we're separated basically forwards and defense. Yeah. And it'd be nice to get them all together and and uh, get them back on. Nice, nice. Uh, regulars. So, uh, you know, today we on the podcast, we have Bob Stoffer from the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network and Oilers Now. So there's a kind of a great interview we had. So I, I know you kind of jumped in a, a little bit late there and kind of got the, the last half an hour of that podcast. Uh, so what was your kind of takeaways of uh, what you kind of heard from Bob? Yeah, I mean, he he had some remarks about about Pugliarvi and his play. And, you know, he, he's he's called it on our podcast earlier that he's comparing, he's compared Pugliarvi to a Blake Wheeler type career, right? Yeah. Um, and he mentioned it today where, you know, maybe he's not the playmaker that, that Wheeler is, but I mean, you you can't deny what thirteen is doing. It's getting for this better, hockey yeah. club right now, and yeah, every game he's he's in on the puck, he's hungry, and I liked his reference to stick on puck. That's one thing I noticed is he's aggressive, aggressive yeah. stick on puck. Yeah, and that you know that's either that's he's getting that from here. Or that's he went back home and and worked on that. And what shocks me about Puliarvi is his competitiveness and and how we're seeing a totally different player than we saw before you know, two yeah. years ago or whatever it was, right? So. Yeah. No, he's definitely even this year. He's proven me wrong, and that's I have no problems coming on here or going on Twitter or going on Facebook or whatever and saying I'm wrong about something. And I love it because that I is just, often going to be good for you know other people and if i'm wrong then other people are right then then so be it on you know stuff like that and i think you gotta sometimes admit your wrongdoings when you have wrongdoings listen we were hard on and we talked about we were hard on nurse and look at what he's doing he's stepping in and good on him these guys are elite athletes and they they got pride man no they do they're stepping up and like jujar has found a place on this hockey club. Yeah. And we've been begging for that for 
three, four years. Yeah, and exactly. he's found a place. He's engaged, as you said last time. Yeah. And Arvey, you know, one, he hasn't even found chemistry with Connor yet. No. Wait till that happens. Yeah, exactly. Man, you're going to go ballistic. Yeah, no. And uh, one of the things, takeaways that I had with Bob, I had a good question on Jake DeBrusque, and I won't kind of spoil that. I think people really like his insight and that uh, the answer to that question on Jake DeBrusque is because it hasn't been a great start so far in Boston. And, you know, he's got one goal and three assists so far. So it, I didn't even hear that fan, so I, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, so it would be definitely interesting, a little bit of a tease there. So, but, uh, you know, thoughts on the game last night and, and what we can see from this series. Uh, you know, we got two more games with Edmonton and Toronto. So what was your thoughts on the game last night? Well, you know, I've got I've got a, a kid on my my son's Jace's U13 team, and he's a huge Leaf fan. Everything he wears is Leafs. Uh, nicknamed Donnie, Liam McDonald, and he's a quiet kid. But I, you know, ran it. Obviously, we had practice today, and I said, Donnie, I said Leafs are legit, dude. They're <laughs> they're a legit Stanley Cup, kid. and you know, this year, other than any other year you can call them they're a legit stanley cup contender boys they're first in the league right now so um they you know shots were even whatever you can look at that but to me i looked at the game it was sheer domination on the leafs part and and i think what you're seeing with the leafs is is um they they brought in leadership thornton i mean spezza was already there but Bogosian, these guys that and uh, are logging minutes and and you're seeing a different team than Leafs. I mean, I, not that I paid attention to the Leafs before and 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 that, but you're you the Leafs are <laughs> they're for real. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, I guess this me gloating last night was my my way of gloating with the Oilers do when Connor wants to light the Leafs up and make some of their defense. That's what I, I told so, Don. I said, Donnie, you got to gloat. How many times have we given you a hard time? Yeah. You know, for being a Leafs fan out West. Yeah. You get gloat. Yeah. That's exactly. your job. You're a fan. So I know if we want to. We... I'll lay off the Oilers fans for a bit there. And now uh, I apologize to all Oilers fans. <laughs> Actually, this is a sincere apology. I've been, I've been pretty hard. I'll admit I've been pretty hard on, on some of the fans and not and uh, I wouldn't have apologized. Well, I think it's 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 due. You know, they uh, without them, we don't really have a podcast in a way because they listen. So, you know, That's I apologize, true. and you know, I had a good chat with a good friend and kind of a couple good friends and and the team here. So, well, uh, you know, we'll try to we'll do we'll do better. I'll do better. We'll just finish at that. So we'll we'll be more you know more positive. We'll grow. Exactly. So, you know, and I, and I want to say that because the way the interview went with Bob, I'm not, I don't want to be like, I'm bad here, but I'm good there. Like, you, you know, like going forward, things will be better on my end. So I, I take that on and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, be better. And that's the way we have to be here. So in talking about being better, you know, Patrick Kane, man, he's just having a season so far. So tonight he gets his 400th goal, career goal. The Hawks seem, you know, they got some games in, you know, more games played than some other teams, but they are making things look great without some key players in their lineup, Andy. <laughs> key players? Like, one of the top five all-time leaders of all time. Yeah. They're doing it without 19. Like, yeah. and no Doc I, either, who's who had... Kirby, yeah. I mean, sophomore season, you got... um, 
Is Kurt, are we going to see Kirby this year? It, he should I be back know. soon. It's no? in, it's, it seems it's still up in the air. So I don't. It seems like so long ago. I know, I know. So that's why I wonder if we'll see him maybe the last month of the year, but we'll see what happens. It's Patty Kane. Not much and news on Hart, Hart Trophy, no? He's in there, man. If they can make it in a playoff, that might, be be. Like, that might be like the Taylor Hall year, right? Where it's like you just, you literally are putting your team on your back and carrying them through and you know and it's it's all said and done like we've all fairness too they they got a goalie that has kind of come out of nowhere either Lankinen has has been really good you know and he wasn't on that radar you know there was other uh they had uh you know uh, Subban and with some other goaltenders in that mix but he's come on and surprised and He's done well. I know it's the Detroit Red Wings, but you got to beat who you got to beat, man. They, they 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 can't fly to Toronto. They can't fly to, you know, all these other places and play all these other teams that are really good too. They can only beat the teams that are in their division and in their schedule, but they are making things look good. And he just keeps on, like, I wouldn't even say surprising. He just, he's still elite. And you kind of got to wonder, you know, the debate between who's the best American board player right now, right, is – you know that uh, Patrick Kane doesn't want to let that go, and he's probably still the best player. But Austin Matthews might want to have a say in it. But the U.S. they're closing in, man. They got some talent, and obviously, oh, Kane is is just having an unreal season. So, what's your thoughts so far on that, Dandy? Well, yeah, I mean, America closed in. I think they're right there now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with the talent on the Hughes brothers and. If the Olympics were to go this year or next year, I mean, uh, I think I think the gap is is tight it's now. It's it's if getting not there. even, tight. but I mean, still Canada, we've got incredible. Oh, hundred uh, percent! It's superstars, still, but yeah. the states states yeah. is to be reckoned with. Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, no, it's been interesting for sure. We'll see what happens with him, you know, moving forward, but. Uh, What's your thoughts on Buffalo Vandy? What do you think what's going on in the Sabres? We haven't touched on a lot of the American teams, but, you know, what's happening there? Uh, You want to call a denominator in all this? Yeah, you say what you I got. mean, say what you got, but I Taylor Hall. Yeah, COVID's been hit hit them pretty hard. Yeah, but I get that. I mean, you got Skinner, that, but they weren't doing that great before COVID. No, too, you know, so they just I. You know, at what point does Eichel finally go get me out of here? Yeah, because no. there's, I mean, there, and I, you know what? Like, a, and you'll hear in the body, I don't follow the American <laughs> league this year, or I call it the 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 uh, South League or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, to me, a common denominator is Taylor Hall. I, I just, I don't think he has that leadership quality that is needed to to bring a team over um and we've heard this he, on other platforms too so it's not yeah i mean if if is he is he oh yeah i mean is he a great of course he's a great player but i just don't know if he's the type of player that you bring into a young team like that with an eichel as your leader you know not I don't, you know, and then whatever's happening with Skinner, Skinner, you know, with him ever since he signed that deal, I don't know if he's still getting paid that. I, oh, yeah, he, he signed a seven, seven, he got $17. Yeah, dollars it after, just seems like he, he, uh, he got horny at the right time. Let's just say that. Yeah, Skinner. 
got horny at the <laughs> great right yeah great yeah. reference yeah absolutely and and Gordy he just hasn't man. been the same he hasn't been the same yeah he so uh yeah i don't i i i don't know yeah. I, you know you you think a guy like kruger when he was brought into edmonton very positive you know, coach too i i yeah I, I as a fan i was hoping he would stay yeah but and now i don't know i think that team is just you got to I don't know. And they've had ownership and, and issue and all that GM changes. And maybe they, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. They just blow it up and, and start over. And I think it'll have, you know, it's going to have to obviously start with, with Jack Eichel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one more before we move on and, and uh, you know, trying to, trying to be positive. There's, there's a lot of positive, but some of the bigger things right now are going on. So before we go to Bob is, what's going on in Columbus uh you know the trade worked out for Winnipeg side but doesn't seem to work out record wise you know Liney's got a point per game there but you know the they've lost I think seven of their last eight you know does uh, Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night Canada you know hinted at something might happen there and you know he doesn't know he didn't he wasn't throwing out you know everything fully but he just thinks something's unsettled and you know do you see uh a John Tortorella firing, or do you see another trade happening to shake that team up? Yeah, I mean, the only reason why I think Tortorella would get fired is to shake it up. But yeah. Do you not? To me, I would think you would need a guy like Tortorella to turn the ship around. Um, I don't know what their base is like, who they got coming up, or what they have for, in their farm. Tort's um, got it. He's he's a UFA at the end of the year. I don't think he has a, another uh, year yeah. his deal for coaching. So. I don't know. I mean, you trade a, a like damn good centerman have- for a, a high-scoring winger. Yeah, it usually works out for the centerman team, it, the team that gets a centerman, right? Yeah, um, big, strong kid. But I don't know. I, you know, um, my son is a is a fan of theirs. I think Felino's doing all he can. I think they're they're also in a very very tough division, and they are, and they just haven't been able to put the puck in the net too, and that's no. kind of been lacking since Panarin has left and Duchesne's left and all those other guys have left. But you know they were able to get through last year, you know, and into the playoffs, obviously in the play. And the question was, can Stars flourish a in Columbus? Yeah, where you know, let's face it, these guys are stars. They got egos. They love, you know, well, not maybe not love, but I know I would, if I was in their position, I'd love people paying yeah. attention to me going out and, you know, maybe certain guys aren't like that, but Columbus probably is kind of a quiet uh, market. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they're just, they're not stars just don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be there. Um, so before we get to our interview with Bob, we want to uh, thank uh, Manscaped for uh, extended our uh, sponsorship with them. So we uh, we can't thank them enough for for keeping and believing in us and things worked well. And we thank our listeners for being a part of that and buying that product and, and using that promo code to uh, get 20% off at checkout by using the code two months. It's it's been great. Uh, Rupper's done amazing job with these ad reads. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah, if there's anything in there, Vandy, but I I uh, I did use it to to trim my armpits, and it's incredible. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's an incredible product. I'll tell you, it is fantastic. Yeah, 
No, it is. It is for sure. And uh, so we got a couple more sponsors that joined on with us. So Pete's Concrete is back with us. They are getting ready to, you know, get things going here in the summer. It'll be a busy season for Pete. Exactly. So Pete's Concrete is back with us. They do all the flat flat work. Uh, They also do landscaping. So if you guys are looking to do some landscaping and getting anything done there and building some fences and if you have any foundation problems they do uh injections uh into the foundation walls so if you guys have any leaks in your basements or anything like that they'll take care of you guys there so you know you can go you can email them at info at peatsconcrete.com and just tell them the two months podcast sent you or you can call them at 780-974-3784 just tell them the two months podcast sent you they'll hook you up and give you the two months podcast pricing if you guys are looking to get some stuff done in the season and then our next two sponsors are going to be sponsoring us in our interview segments. So Swiss stone air is located oh. in the North side at 8308 144 a Avenue. It's a staple on the North side. Everyone, if you're in the North side, you know, they're great. So they're open six days a week from 11 AM to 10 PM. So if you guys go to Swiss stone air, we want to thank wedge D for believing in us and, and sponsoring us. So, Go to Swiss Stone Air, tell them the Two Months Podcast sent you. They'll hook you guys up. They'll take care of you guys. And then last but not least, Shattified Salon and Spa. They have five locations in the city. So if you guys go to Shattified, they are in Fort Saskatchewan. They're in the in Windermere. They're in Ellerslie. And they're also in the north side and they're downtown. So if you guys go there, get your uh, you guys can get a cut and a shave uh for thirty dollars so they'll take care of you guys there tell them the two months podcast sent you and they'll hook you guys up so with with pricing so and mo hey did it was that mo on instagram where i saw the the barber's chair yes working that is on? Mo, that is mo Rahal. follow him on instagram yeah that is mo Rahal from uh shattified salon spa so he is the uh also interesting too with a good tie and he is the personal barber for the edmonton oilers too so uh so that was uh Another good tie-in, and we want to thank the Edmonton Oilers organization for, uh, you know, helping us out getting Cam Moon, and now Bob Stoffer, who's joined us for a fourth time. So uh, we appreciate uh, the Oilers organization on helping us line those interviews up and, and uh, accommodating us. And without further ado, we'll go to our interview with Bob Stoffer. Let's fans. Let me ask you a few questions. Hey, fellas. Coconuts looking these days. Welcome to the jungle. Play every time you drop trout. Special someone going to need a machete to hack through that thick foliage. Hey, ladies. Are Mavin Goose going to have to buzz the tower? Or they can make a nice, easy landing on that smooth runway. What are we talking about here? One more. 3.0 landscape. When I tell you this is a premium, and I mean premium trimmer, the battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. And let's not forget about that charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand 
is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. 20% off plus free shipping with the code two months at manscaped.com. Your plums will thank you. Our guest tonight is Bob Stoffer from the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network on 630 Ched. Stoff, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Josh? What's going on, man? Well, not much. Just uh, enjoying a kind of a relaxing relaxing night here, I guess. So it's kind of gearing up for a good series between the Oilers and Leafs. So yourself? Well, obviously hoping for a little bit better uh, performance on Monday night. Uh, Toronto came in. They, uh, they executed a terrific game plan. Uh, they didn't give up any odd man breaks. They got the lead. Marner was very good in the game. And sometimes when you don't, you know, they've had to play a lot without Austin Matthews, as you know. I think yeah. they're 22 and 12 now without Matthews in the lineup. So I think their game changes a little bit. Maybe they're not willing to trade chances as much. Um, and Edmonton's opportunities didn't fall with their top six guys. Yeah. It's a lot of the third and fourth line guys. And uh, the order is it's not often you say all well, their best players got outplayed, but last night their best players got outplayed and Toronto was full marks for the victory. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your overall thoughts of the break breakdown? I know you kind of touched on it there, Bob, but you know, did, is there something you saw kind of lingering with some of the play leading into this game with the Oilers, or is it just kind of just one of those nights you're tired and tired legs. And obviously they got the day off today to regroup as we record on Sunday here. Yeah. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I don't know what the players are feeling cause I'm not one of them and we're not, you know, we don't have access to yeah. them. Uh, yeah. um, I know that I would suffice to say they want to perform every night, but they don't want to have a, sh a showing like that across the country against yeah. Toronto. And, and this is where advanced analytics lie because the orders had far more shots directed on goal last night than Toronto and, but the Maple Leafs were more opportunistic. They got the lone power play in the game. Edmonton didn't earn any power plays because other than their third and fourth lines, they didn't sustain a lot, 5v5 in the ozone. And and last night, the officiating crew, both ways, both ways. They were like, the game was the game. That's the way it was going to be called. So, yeah. um, you know, you lose 4 nothing, you're beat. That's all there is to it. Like, yeah. There's no, this isn't a bounce here. Toronto got the jump. They got going. You know, I would have liked to have seen a, a little bit more push, uh, but I think he, Dave Tippett said something interesting. I don't know if it was this morning or last night after the game, Josh. He said, you know, you can't be too high and you can't be too low. You got to stay pretty even keeled, and, and that's got to be the approach. And Edmonton had gone 11-2 and two in the previous 13 games. They'd won five straight games. They'd had a pretty good run, and they're playing right now possibly the best team in the league. We don't know for sure but they might be the best team in the league. So even without Austin Matthews, that was the one thing I would say is I don't think they made the evening at all frustrating for Toronto. Like yeah. when they went into Toronto last year in early January, first shift of the game, James Neal plastered. I mean, you remember it? He absolutely, I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. up but yeah. yeah. He destroyed John Tavares right in front of the leaf bench, right off the draw. Looked great at the bench too. I think. After. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, it's going to be a long night boys. Here it comes. And uh, again, the Leafs didn't have my Matthews, but with all due respect to Michael Hutchinson, he's supposed to be their organizational number four goalie at the start of the year. Now they get Jack Campbell back, who's looking like he has a chance to be a number one goalie in the NHL. Yeah, that's a big ad. They get Jake Muzzin back on defense. 
He's a good defenseman that is a veteran player that understands gamesmanship. They get Thornton, you know, he Thornton resurfaces back in their lineup and uh, they played a very intelligent, heady road game and they were full marks for the victory. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, you, you got a good pulse to the league, Bob, and you you watch a lot of games, and you 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 know when when you're doing the games at the arena, when you're on the road too, it's 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 better, you know. I think in my mind to view the game live than it is maybe on per, on TV, and and you know I know this year has just been different, but I want to talk about Justin Hall just real quick. Um, are you surprised how good he's turned out? You know, he was a healthy scratch for about seventy one games recently with the lease are you surprised of his turnout and because the reason why i bring that up is they brought that up on hockey night canada last night that he's kind of give Connor mcdavid a bit of you know some fits here and there i don't know if where you come out on that or see that i don't really see well he's many. kind of like he's long he's got good reach yeah uh he can skate you know he came out of the ncaa and he they they toronto's doing some things on the development side they're doing some things on the analytics side uh, they're finding players. So I would say unequivocally right now, he's a top four NHL defenseman. I mean, I sit there to me, obviously Riley's their number one guy. I think at this stage, uh, Justin Hall's better player than, uh, uh TJ Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Connor's kind of had his way with TJ Brody. People forget in the first period, McDavid hopped from his right to his left. Brody just got a stick in there. Otherwise, it was a clear-cut breakaway for McDavid. The puck kind of rolled off his stick. Yeah. I kind of wondered what would it – like, to me, I was wondering, you know, was that a game last night where the team that scored first was going to dictate things a bit? But, uh, no, the guy's, the guy's a good defenseman. You got you know what? Outside chance, different type of player, doesn't skate as well, pretty competitive player. What about William Legacy for Edmonton? Uh, like, he came in with Larson – and he looked pretty effective in a shutdown role, but he only got the eight games in before he, you know, jammed up, a, uh, I, I believe it was a wrist. So, yeah, um, you know, sometimes those guys, you know, goalies take the longest to develop, defense take the second longest to develop. And and Toronto's done some good things on the development side. I yeah. I think they're marginally ahead of where Edmonton, like they're an elite team, they're a top five team. Some would say Edmonton's a five through 10 team. I'd say Edmonton right now is probably eight through 12. Yeah. But Edmonton's going to have a lot of cap space this summer to perhaps upgrade in some areas, and uh, you know, and then they've got. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, you're I know you're you grew up a Leafs fan. I like I I watch Marner, and think like to me Matthews and Marner. Well, I don't know if that's because neither guy's won a league MVP. I was going to say no. when both guys are going, I think they're closer and more dependent on each other than at this stage McDavid and Drysaddle. Yeah, like McDavid and Drysaddle are now totally centering their own line. So Toronto to me is a pretty interesting team to watch. Yeah, like they, uh, I'm the guy that picked them to beat uh, Boston two years twice. ago. Yeah, twice. Yeah, back to back years. Yeah, now some Cadbury stays in either series. They might have won one of those. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So we'll we'll shift gears. Like we'll stick to this kind of series matchup, but you know, sticking to with the Oilers and and, and moving to that that side there. Are you, you know, last time we had you on, or was it the time before, you know, I, I, I said to you, I said, I think this is probably the best, you know, organizational depth on defense that they've ever had, at least, yep. you know, around what I, what, since I've watched this team and maybe dating back to the 06 cup run, um, what's your thoughts on this blue line? You know, obviously I think 
there might be some changes to, in the lineup as this interview gets dropped on Monday for the Monday game. But, you know, you, like you hit on it, you know, William Ligason's come in and surprised and, you know, obviously Evan Bouchard's been, been a, been pretty good too. Right. So where, where do you stand on the, on the blue line right now? They got a lot of depth. Yeah. The old 708 season, or sorry, the 0809 season, Josh, they had four defensemen with 30 or more points. So they had Wisniewski and, and Surrey on their power play. They could absolutely bomb the puck. And then they had Gilbert and Grebyshev, who could both really transition. That was your Dennis Grebyshev had 39 points and went like plus 11, plus 12. Gilbert had 45 points. Surrey broke 50. And Wisniewski uh, only played like 50-something games and, and had like 30-plus points as well. And then Schmid was in their third pairing. Yeah. So they they had a pretty good defense that year. Um I, I, it's because of the defense that I'm fairly optimistic about long-term where this team can go. Like I'm looking at this realistically and Darnell nurse, I'm surprised it's as polarizing as it is in Edmonton. Cause it shouldn't be. Yeah. I agree. Like if they actually looked at like when a guy's in the top 15 and even strength scoring in the NHL, the last three seasons to me, that's and everybody's like, well, it's cause he plays five on five with McDavid give the guy some credit. He's a pretty good defenseman who can handle himself. He can play a lot of minutes. He's a thoroughbred out there. He is tough. Um, and he doesn't play first unit power play time. Yeah. Right. So he's, and he's taken two bridge deals. He's basically taken two deals where people would say, well, those deals have probably worked out to Edmonton's advantage. So, you know, I think he, I think he's part of the long-term leadership call, uh, you know, group there, uh, core, Josh with McDavid and dry settle. So, so it starts with nurse. You have bear who the fans love on the right side. Bouchard to me has got a higher ceiling and terrific offensive upside and can, and can already, he's made some plays. I mean, the team's nine and two and Bouchard's in the lineup. Yeah. Like he makes plays regardless of he's in the third, second uh, pairing. He hasn't played any first pairing time. And then they, you know, then they have Jones who could probably play at least in the third pairing in the NHL. They have Lagason that could probably play in the third pairing in the NHL. And then they got two restricted free agents or sorry, unrestricted free agents. They got to decide what to do with Tyson Berry and, and, and uh, Adam Larson. And I think what we're seeing is that those defensive defensemen, maybe those guys don't get paid as much when they hit the open market. Travis Hamannick would be a prime example. Yep. Yep. Right. So I'm going to be like, and, and then the orders have Broberg and Samarukov coming. So they got two more guys. So I'm pretty bullish about where their D is headed. And it hasn't always been like that. Yeah. Funny, right? Yeah. They were a team that had a lot of wingers, maybe weren't deep down the middle and they didn't have any D and then they've drafted a ton of D in the last five years. They got McDavid and Drysaddle in the 15 and 14 drafts. They've even moved Nugent Hopkins from the, you know, to, to left. Like they're deep at center. They have defensemen and you can get wingers in free agency. Yep. You know, so, you know, I, I'm going to be really intrigued to see where they go here, but it's because of the depth of defense that I'm fairly optimistic that they can continue to grow and develop as a team. So would you say they're scratch this team, this organization, they're scratching on the surface to be in the conversation with, you know, the Boston's, the Colorado's, the Vegas's, you know, the Tampa Bay's, like, you know, that it, they got two of the best horses at, 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 at. When you hire a contractor, 
You want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. Team miss, you know, Josh, when a team misses the playoffs 12 out of 13 times, that's throughout last year. Because last year they would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but you have to accept criticism that comes with the territory when you yeah. don't achieve, right? So, uh, you know, I, I kind of look like I, I look at Colorado, okay? And they've got Makar and they've got uh, Bowen Byron. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. And they've got some other defensemen. I don't know if they have a nurse on their defense. No. And the orders have Bouchard and they have Broberg, who are both big, may I add. One yeah. guy's six two and a half, one guy's six four. Yeah. So I don't think that Bouchard or Broberg will ever be quite as dynamic as McCarr, but I personally think they'll both be better than Bowen Byron. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think and I think Ethan Bear is better than Sam than Sam Gerard. I think yeah. overall, you know, offensively. And defensively, I think he's better than him, you know, and, and and he's on a pace for that trajectory to be better, right? Too like Ethan Bear, like he's you know, he, yeah, and then and then they people would say, Well, they don't have, you know, there, there's Landis Scog and there's you know, Ratnin. It's not just McKinnon. Well, I'm like, well, wait a sec here. They gotta get Landis Scog re-signed, just like the Oilers have to get Nugent Hopkins re-signed. The Oilers have McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. Like they have two guys that have won the Hart Trophy. Yeah. And they've also got a couple of right shots that are like the Pulley Arby thing's obviously a pleasant surprise for everybody. Yeah. And then Yamamoto's a consistent competitive player. No, he hasn't matched the numbers quite as much, but I think there's some extenuating circumstances to why that line hasn't been quite as effective over the last two to three weeks. Uh, so I, I, I do think Edmonton can match up to, especially once they get more cap space this summer. And add to their lineup. I can tell you right now, I've got guys in other organizations that I know of in the West that feel the same way. That the Oilers are on the pre- like they're they're a competitive team this year, just like they were last year. Maybe they're six through ten, maybe they are eight through twelve in the league, but they see Edmonton as being a team that can take a step forward next season. Yeah, yeah, and and the structure that Dave Tippett's put in with his with his coaching staff has has I think worked wonders. And you know you. You finally got yourself a good third line that that's contributing, you know, yeah. like, it, like in a way where they're not getting killed defensively. And I think right. at times we, you want to focus, I think at times on that, because you, you probably want some more goals out of that line. And, and we'll talk about some players maybe that, that, you know, we could see in that, in that fit, but what, what's your thoughts on the third line with Ennis, with Archibald and Kara so far this year? I'm surprised at how like, effective i think they've all got individually um i won't i'll say this archibald to me is a very good bottom six player okay yeah. he's he's competitive he can skate he's assertive on the ice he can kill penalties he's not he'll he'll take anybody on i mean he's he's a hard guy not to like if i were managing the team um like i've got him penciled in on a seven three and one protected list Okay, he's got another year left at 1.5 million. To me, he's a pretty important player. Kara, good for him. 
because I mean, you got waved through the league. Yeah. And he was, and he's come back in and he's played pretty well. Ennis to me is just a smart guy that knows how to survive, right? Like he's, yeah. he's clearly, he can play a read and react game. He can move him around a bit in the lineup. We might see that again. Yeah. Um, there's a reason he's played it. I mean, he's an incredible story. You yeah. know, you, you, you think of, uh, you know, him and uh, Jared Spurgeon getting, what was it, their Bantam team or their peewee team they got cut from? Yeah, I think it was the Bantam team. Yeah, and then they end up making it to the NHL. Like, I know guys that would have never been able to have gotten over that at, at that After age, that. right? So, yeah. You know, so, so good for him. So that line has been a pleasant surprise. And again, against Toronto uh, on Saturday night, the third and fourth lines were not the issue. You know, like Haas, even though I wish he'd win more face-offs, him and Chase on created some chaos and some offensive opportunities. They just couldn't finish anything off. That's the issue is those two lines had the chances and they couldn't score. And uh, and the Leafs did a real good job against the Oilers' top two lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a, a player that you kind of know and obviously you got your uh, relationship with with Louie and, and, you know, he's a – a contributor on your Thursday hit with Oilers now. Um, you know, I just was watching the Bruins game today and I and I I kind of wonder does is Jacob Jake DeBrusque in a situation where maybe a change of scenery might work well for him. He hasn't had the greatest start to the year. The Oilers got great depth on blue line. It looks like the Bruins need more depth on the blue line on the left side. Is there anything you think that we could see there? Um no, it's that's a good question. Um I like Jake. I mean I I saw him playing midgets and thought I told Louie, um, Jake's going to have a chance. Like, you know, Louie wasn't sure he could play in the WHL. Yeah. And I'm like, here, I told you the story. It reminded me a lot of Joffrey Lupul at the same age, like a real smart player that knew where to go. Joffrey probably had a better shot uh, and was a little bit bigger at that age, but also a little bit late bloomer physically. I don't think Jake's been put in the position to succeed in Boston. Like when I watched them play, it seems to me, you know, I think he's miscast there. I, I, and that's what I saw today. Well, what is it? What do you think he is? Is he a top six four? He's a top six four. He's a 25 goal scorer all day long. And he probably, I'm with can, you. and he can probably be a 30, 30 goal scorer, 35 goal scorer with, you know, Connor and, or Leon, you know, even, even he can probably be that with Nuge maybe, I, you know, too. I, I'm not I sure just, what's it's, it, it's interesting with Boston because, They've got that older veteran core. I mean, they've, you know, yeah, they lost Char, but they still have Bergeron. Yeah. Great two-way player. They have Marshawn, who's a top 20 player in the world. They have Pasternak, who's a top 20 player. I mean, probably top 10 in the world for Pasternak. Like those, uh, and when you have players like that, you let them do things that other guys aren't allowed to do. And I, I kind of wonder, it, it, to me, it always seems like they've got an unsettled second line. Yeah. And you and me are seeing the same thing. I watch the Bruins play and I go, how's DeBrusque not playing, you know, 16 to 17 minutes a night on their second line? Yeah. I'm not sure how that isn't happening. I think you might, I, 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 it would not surprise me if the scenario that you're suggesting a trade for defenseman at some point makes sense. Yeah. Um, who do I got on the right side right now? Like, uh, they got McAvoy and they got Carlo. Carlo, and then and then when uh, Miller's healthy, he's in. Um, you know they got Connor Clifton there too. But you know, and it, today in their game, they had you know they had uh, Carlo and Clifton in their second pairing. So they, yeah, you know, a righty playing on the left side, 
and they're Sorry, is McAvoy is McAvoy McAvoy's a righty, isn't he? McAvoy's a righty, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was playing with Moore to start today. Huh. So I, I just kind of wonder, you know, with they're not the great after Grizzlick, they're okay. Like they got Grizzlick, but after him, they're kind of thin on that left side. So I don't know if there's a trade to be had, and and I'm not like, and I don't even know who would be an option for the Oilers in that thing because. Obviously, you're not going to trade Nurse, so you know we can eliminate some names here. But it's uh, it's it's something interesting. Maybe they get another righty. I I don't know, but it's they're uh, they're well, they're going to be an interesting team. I mean, talk about it, a strange week, right? Blown yeah. out by the Islanders, blown out by the Rangers, and then they just locked them down and pumped yeah. them this afternoon, yeah. right? Which exactly. they can do. They can do that. Too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. So with with the organization here, you know, coming back to the we'll, we'll shift gears to the goaltending. Are you, you know, Mike Smith starts off hot hot here. He gets the six and zero start, uh, first time in his career. He actually went five and zero, and then he obviously improved that to six and zero. Do you do you think it's perfectly set to do a two and two? You know, Smith plays two games, Koskinen plays two games. Do you think we'll start seeing that a lot more here? Because the tandem seems to work when they're both playing at a at an even pace. And then it's not a, yep. load, a huge load. And obviously, cost, and you hinted at it, I think, on where there's now. Koskinen looks better since he's got some practice time in. So I'd say, like, Dave Tippett knows this tandem. And, in- like, I'm watching Grice. Some people thought the Oilers should go get Grice. He's 1, 11, and 3. Yeah. And has a sub 890 save percentage, right, in Detroit. Now, Detroit's yeah. going through some tough times. But, you know, the price point was considerably lower to bring Smith back. Like Smith's, a, I, all I can do in terms of one, of one of the things that I find frustrating is when people make inferences that they're in this inside or they're in the room. I'm not in the room, so I'm taking the commentary from the other players and from the coaching staff about the leadership that Mike provides. I'm not surprised, knowing the conversations that I personally had with him, that he has that dynamic. Yeah. Like he's, he's really smart, he's really competitive, and he's in great shape. And I can't think of a worse situation for a father with kids to come back into than what we had with the summer return to play. Yeah. Just like that would be, you know, that, that's got to be hard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And, and we had you're, seen you're... some guys opt out, Bob, leading into that, you know, some guys with yeah. kids opted out not to come back to the right. right. And so we had a lot of people. Like I, and I completely understood the criticism from the fan base. Like it was October 10th. So you can look it up. It was Saturday. The first day of free agency was on the Friday and it was October 10th. And the order signed Tyson Berry in the morning on the one year deal. And people were related and Brian Lawton had reached out to me in the morning and said, I'm hearing that you guys are getting Barry and it's going to be less than 4 million. And I'm like, and he goes, and I, you know, and it was inferred to me by a couple others that he could have gotten north of a 1.25 million more than he got in Edmonton, but he wanted to come to Edmonton and everybody was sky high. And then the orders re-signed Mike Smith two hours later. And there was a lot of criticism directed Edmonton's way um, by the fans. And I think what happened is there was a recency bias with what occurred during the plan series. Yeah. And I'm going to circle back. And I know I've mentioned this on the air. I mean, I had one of the best young management types in the league tell me, biggest mistake club teams would make is if they put too much emphasis on the playing series because it was such a foreign concept and unfair 
to evaluate, to truly evaluate teams in those situations. So, you know, Smith's athleticism combined with his competitiveness and by all reports his leadership and Dave Tippett's experience with them and the job he did last year handling both uh, Koskinen and Smith. I think the Oilers can, in a 56 game schedule, given that they didn't have a lot of cap space, I don't know if there was many other better solutions or options than to go with that as a one, two punch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. It, you know, and it'll be interesting to do what they do next year, but I think this year is going to work. Um, you know, one of our co-hosts here, Trevor Ruptash, he's not with us obviously on this interview, but he, he uh, has a relationship with Dustin shorts, the goalie coach and for the Oilers. And, you know, he, they, he says they work hard. Both of these guys work hard They're They're, they, they grind. And, and I think in this league, you got to, right. So, and in everything, Hey, yeah. and everything and everything free industry yeah the most successful people are the ones that grind exactly exactly so you you make an interesting point you kind of circle back to tyson barry i kind of wonder bob here you know he was in colorado then he went to toronto now he's here in edmonton i just don't see why he would want to go to like a four team in four years i kind of wonder if that guy's just sitting here thinking you know what like i'm not saying there's a deal in the drawer or anything like doug mcclain likes to say there's a deal in the drawer but I just wonder if he just sees them scratching at the surface and he, you know, he resigns here when the dust settles and let the season play out. Like, I think it's a good option for him. He's looked really good. He's looked juvenated. He looks like the Tyson, Tyson Berry that was in Colorado. I don't know if you want to pick up on that. Like, it, well, I thought, I thought it was a perfect fit when he yeah. signed. Yeah. I, you know, and I know he had just the two points in the first nine games and he's got, uh, by my count, 16 points in the last 15 games now. Um, and I actually think the power play is going to get better as the season goes on. I think yeah. they're going to get more used to having that right shot back there. Glenn Gulson, very interesting, you know, said, hey, two-thirds Tyson, one-third a left shot, meaning uh, in theory, Darnell Nurse. Uh, you got I, – I personally believe in a 1-3-1 formation on the power play with McDavid on the right bumper, dry settle or on the right side, uh, right hash, uh, dry settle on the middle bumper, and Nuge on the left. I, I personally believe that is the best three in the league. And, and and why wouldn't I? I mean, those guys are one, two in the scoring the last two years. So, you know, two of the top four scores, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, and Nugent Hopkins is not an elite five on five player, but is an elite power play player. Yeah. And so when you factor that in, if you're Tyson Berry, where are you going to get a better situation than the situation here? Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work out for a guy in a short term. Like Toronto's a market that, you know, absolutely crushed Larry Murphy when he was there. Yeah. And he went to Detroit and won a couple cups. Well, they can chew you up and spit you out. Uh, TJ Brody was almost ran out of town in the second game of the year when he had a rough one in Ottawa. Or Yeah. So. yeah I mean, that, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, and, there, and there's a lot of really knowledgeable fans in Toronto. Um but I'm with you. I think sometimes it, to me, it makes sense. Yeah. Like if I was, if I was in the Barry camp, I'd look at this going, this is a good fit here. Let's find a way. But I, I, I'm not sure what he's thinking at this stage or where yeah. that's headed to. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. I just think it would be interesting. I, you know, how many players like his skill want to go, you know, ship or be moved around. And I think, you know, what the money coming off the books and them having a big chunk of cash here, we'll see what happens. So, we're not too far from 
the trade deadline, Bob, you know, and it seems like maybe with these quarantine issues, teams might jump on this stuff early. Is there something, you know, a player or two or areas that you think the Oilers would need to improve on going into a playoff run here? I think they could use a right-handed face-off guy that could win draws. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, they've got Haas and they've got Turris. At some point, I'm going to guess that Turris is going to get a chance to get back in. Uh, it might not be Monday night because he's coming off a little bit of a tweak. He got banged up in a three-on-three uh, thing about a week and a half ago. Uh, I'm in, intrigued as to how Ennis played and Chason played and Kara played uh, coming off of being on the taxi squad. If we see the same impetus from tourists, that'll be a good thing. Yeah. And maybe that'll alleviate a concern. Um, so some might say they need a, a right-handed face-off specialist. Luke Glenn Denning's leading the league. He's at 67% in Detroit. He's an unrestricted free agent. Brandon Sutter's out in Vancouver. He's at 53%. If Calgary falls out of it, is Derek Ryan? I'm not saying Calgary will. I think Calgary is going to be battling yeah. till the end. But they're, you know, Derek's last four years, he's been at 55.5%. As and he's a real smart guy. So do they look at, I mean, are the guys in Vancouver and Calgary easier to get here because of the quarantine rules? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I would assume that you, you kind of have to look at that a little bit. And then the other wild card, and it's not a surprise to you, but they, you know, what happens with Dylan Holloway? Yeah. This is a different, this is a different time. Like you need, it's a young man's game. You need productivity from entry level contracts. I mean, Dylan Holloway has got 33 points in 18 games in the NCAA for Wisconsin this year. He doesn't have to prove anything else in that league. No. So I'm not even sure they're playing the makeup series this upcoming weekend with Michigan State. They lost some uh, games to them earlier in the year. And then they have the uh, Big Ten uh, tournament. And from there, they'll get seeded for the NCAA. Like, I'm, I don't know what we're looking at here. Like, it's, it could be over by the first week of April. And that would still give us another month in the NHL season. I think Holloway, based on what I've seen with the Oilers so far, to me, Holloway, uh, just because of the way he skates and the size that he has, he could give Edmonton a different dimension as a third or fourth line left wing than they currently have. Yeah. Because of the foot speed, the pace that he plays with, and that he's not, he's not a small, timid guy. Like he's a bigger, more aggressive kid. You saw how he played for team Canada with a bit of an injury. So Though, like one of them, are, one of them is going to be an organic addition with Holloway, you know, assuming he comes out of yeah. school. Yeah. And then the other one, maybe you can make, like, I look at the defense and think they got lots of defense. They're having a, they're, they're going to have a problem keeping everybody happy in terms of the defense. Exactly. They've got extra forwards like Devin Shore is not a bad forward. I would even consider playing Nygaard more. Right. But you know, I, it's pretty difficult to argue with a coach who's gone 11 and three in his last 14 games and has probably only had one subpar performance. Like, you know what? They lost in Calgary and they lost at home to Winnipeg in both games. They had problems stopping the puck. And then they won the other 11 games. So he's pushed a lot of the right buttons here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Brett Cottley was placed on waivers today, Bob. You know, the Oilers, yeah, as far as I understand, they were in on him during free yeah. agency. Um, you know, thoughts on that, you know, him being placed on waivers and, and what, could happen with him going forward here. Uh, well, and that's what happens when you get a manager that doesn't bring a guy in. 
Uh, I, I'm led to believe, I mean, Brett's represented by Jerry Johansson. I, I, it would not have surprised, your information's probably correct. And the fact that Edmonton was one of the teams that was looking at Connolly, uh, state tax likely played part of the factor. And that's not, not forget, he played in Florida before in Tampa Bay. He had a terrific uh, run as a support scorer in Washington, sort of a middle six forward. And uh, now I got a new GM. I, I, I'm hearing they're looking for a little bit more bite in their lineup. He's a competitive player, but he's not a guy that necessarily brings that. Um, that's there's there's a lot of good players right now, Josh, that have been put on waivers over the last couple of weeks. It, it is crazy. You got Adam Henrique too, is another one, right? Yeah, and yeah. That. Like it just shows you, like it's there's obviously well, we I mean we know there's ownerships group groups that are going to lose a lot of money. Yeah, and so uh, that's that's an interesting one. But look at who Edmonton has on the right side. Yeah, Paul Yarby. He's got six goals his last 11 games. You got Yamamoto, who's plus 22 since he's been recalled last season. He's a pretty good five-on-five player and is now killing penalties for you. They have Archibald, who's a good penalty killer, a terrific third-line right wing. Like he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a good bottom six. You have Chase on, who plays in your first unit power play, and, and is a smart, effective guy that can heat up a bit. And that doesn't include Cassian, who's going to come back at some point. So. Yeah. To me, right wing's the least of Edmonton's problems. Like, yeah. you know, they're 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 pretty good in the top two center positions. They've got some depth in defense. I think where there might be an opportunity for somebody is over on the left side. Yeah, and that's why I brought up Holloway. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that too. I wonder if they circle try to do it. You know, if something like Hamannick, if they do trade a defenseman, you bring another defenseman in, and Hamannick's a uh. piece. But or maybe that's something that we see in in the off season. If somehow you can't get Adam Larson resigned, yeah, and I, yeah, and I, I, you know, I would have to like they've got a lot of respect for Adam, right? In terms of, I actually thought Hamlet played pretty decently the other night for the Canucks. I know the analytics guys don't love him. Yeah, to me, he looked all right. Like that's a you got to have at least one defenseman on your right side that can shut down, play physical, and kill penalties. Right. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes here with Larson. Yeah. And, uh, but eh, not a bad suggestion with Hamannick. I mean, we, I mean, the other thing is, I mean, right now they have, once they get uh, Lagason back, they will be at eight healthy defensemen, but you make a valid point. If they get an, if, if they get somebody nicked up here, maybe they have to add another defenseman at some point. And yeah. if Vancouver is indeed out of it, that might be, I don't know what the, the cap I mean, is they really cheap, so that's why I think you know it can work for Edmonton with LTIR, right? So yeah, but they don't have, you know, they don't have a lot of uh, uh, currency. Yeah, yeah. Right, they don't have a lot of picks. Like, yeah, yeah. you're not giving up a first. You're going to try to hold on to your first as much as you possibly can, right? They don't have a second for the second consecutive year because of the Athens CU trade. So, and I'm trying to think, they don't have a fifth because of the. Is it the fifth or the fourth that they don't have this year? I'm trying to recall. One, yeah. one of the picks, one, uh, one of the one of the picks for Green, that was the fourth. I can't sure if if that was last year or this year. And then the fifth for Ennis. One was in one year. One was staggered to be in the other year. Yeah. So it would be interesting. I wonder if it's a player there. But um, so two more for you, Bob. We get before we get you out of here. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to tie Taylor Hall back to Edmonton. I'm just. <laughs> You know, we'll let other people do that. But I just, you know, for a guy like you that watches the game and, you know, seeing Taylor play, you know, many great years here in Edmonton, 
Um, you know, thoughts on his play so far and, and what's going on in Buffalo? I, I don't. Well, they had a bad run with COVID, and we don't know how badly that affects players. Yeah. Like I'm watching Taylor, and he doesn't look right to me right now by his standard. Like he doesn't seem to have the gas in the tank right now. He's got no explosiveness. Um, and I would have to think that, that he's, factor, eh? yeah. it's gotta be a factor. Like he just, cause he doesn't look like the, and then the team's not playing with any confidence. So, uh, he's going to be, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this, Josh. He's going to be really interesting to watch. So we have a situation where we have a situation right now where you've got Jaden Schwartz in St. Louis, Lana Scog in Colorado, Nugent Hopkins in Edmonton, all under current contracts and people are wondering what's going to happen with those guys. And, and then like, does Taylor Hall end up going the Hoffman route for you? Yeah. Because of what's happened in Buffalo this year. I don't know. I can't tell you that. I, I'm not sure what is, what his camp is thinking, but the numbers, I mean, Buffalo right now is scoring at an all time low five on five through the 20 games. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. I don't think Taylor hasn't scored a goal in 17 games. It's hard to believe. Yeah, it is very hard. Yeah, no, exactly. We got a late addition here. Yeah, so Vandy just joined in with us. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, boys. U thirteen practice of Millwood. So there you go. Yeah, kids are on the ice again. It's good to be good to be back. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and then I guess you know, you know, kind of finish up uh vandy if you got anything we had in those notes there vandy we pretty much covered so i don't know if there's anything okay. you want to you want to ask there's this one more question i'll ask bob is just uh you know any update on ryan nugent hopkins contract talks oh. and his play so far this year what's your thought i don't know i'm i'm led to believe that there's i i don't have any information for that right now at this time okay. um other than you know i think that there's interest there I mean, I, I, I obviously the, I can't speak for Ken Holland, but I think everything that's been communicated indicates that the organization respects what, what Ryan has done and provided. Um, however, we're not sure what the landscape's going to be next year. Yeah. Right. So this is going to be really interesting to watch. I, I, I will say this. I expect Nugent Hopkins to score at a higher rate in the final 33 games this year than he has through the first 23. You heard that here. Okay, he's gonna he'll get better as the season goes on. That's my Any, NHL prop sports interaction. I'm betting him for the rest. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to uh, to do any of that. I am. <laughs> you are, but I just have a feeling. Yeah. History has shown that Nugent Hopkins gets better as the season goes on, so I'm gonna make that bet. Yeah. No. Exactly. So I agree. I and, agree. Uh, do you see any kind of? It, I don't know if there would be major lineup changes for the, the Monday night game. Is any- I don't. I don't. You know what? They didn't skate today. I I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'd, I'd kind of like to see what Nygaard can do. He hasn't played forever. He can skate, right? He's cl- yeah. like I like I like speed, quickness, competitiveness, guys that can score, and then the guys that provide some physicality. You gotta have yeah. something. Yeah. And uh, I mean Nygaard's only played four games this season. And I just like Toronto's got guys like Barabanov in the lineup that can fly and they got a couple bigger guys that can really skate, obviously Engvall and Mikheyev that are a little bit further down on the lineup. Uh, he's a true left wing. They had three right shots in their fourth line last night, but those guys played pretty well too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I, you know, that might be a guy that we haven't, that's, we've kind of been like, he's, I think of all of the forwards, 
he's the guy that's gone the longest without playing. I wonder if we see him at some point. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, it's been, it's been a good year so far. You know, we, I, I think, you know, the orders. Now, were you saying that when the team was three and six? Well, in a way I wasn't, you know, like, I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. It didn't look great. And I think, you know, we were all kind of, you know, kind of questioning and, and looking at things, but also too, is if you, we all know that you need two goaltenders and, and Oilers got, you know, it's, it's weird that Winnipeg would, I think they still have Forsberg and then they got Comrie back. They still got four goaltenders. So I wonder. Yeah. Comrie, but Comrie had to, uh, he had to clear quarantine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So once he clears quarantine and then gets back up and running, my get there, I'd be stunned if Winnipeg carried a third and fourth goalie. Those guys both make 700 K on one way. Yeah. My guess is Forsberg is going to get waived at some point here in the next week. Yeah. You know, that's a yeah. prediction for you. Yeah. And uh, Alex Daylock was placed on waivers today. I don't know if that's, I was know. a little surprised by that to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. You know, so we'll see what happens there. I guess like kind of what, you know, last one, I, you know, we, What's your thoughts on the division so far, Bob? You've seen every team play. I think Winnipeg's a defenseman away from being, you know, in that group. And I wonder if Matthias Ekholm is that guy if you know, Nashville keeps on falling out of favor here. But, you know, what's your thoughts on everything going on? What do you guys think? Okay. I love it. Mandy, go ahead. Hey, what do you think? I love the North Division. I, I love it. I I wish – I hope there's a way they can keep it going because I'll be honest, I – you know, with games going on every night and it's a different scenario. I, I haven't paid any attention to the South. I have to look online and I'm usually not like that to see where the, who the standings are. I mean, I got two boys and they both love Columbus and the Islanders, but that's pretty much the only reason why other than that, I just follow the Canadian division. It's incredible. I love it. I think Toronto's clear. I mean, the record speaks in themselves with the Leafs. The one thing the Leafs did, is they added some gamesmanship with some of the vets they brought in, right? Like Spezza knows how to play, right? He's a smart guy. I mean, look at the goal he scored last night, the three-nothing goal. Incredible. Yeah. And it was just a terrific play. But he's also like he fought once in the playoffs to get his team going, right? And and then they bring in Simmons, who who's still tough, right? He can still look after things. And the analytics guys hated it, but he gave them a little bit of what they needed. And then they get Thornton, an older guy that can he can still keep guys honest out there. He's a bigger man. And and then uh, yep. you know Bogosian and Muzzin on defense. I mean, who was the guy they had in Toronto? A couple Hainsey. They brought Hainsey in, and he yeah. was pretty good for. So Toronto's they've got that top four that tie up a lot of money. They've got some decent support. Uh, I would say that Winnipeg's better in goal. You know, at least with the number ones, like Halibut's better than Freddie Anderson. But I got to tell you, I don't think Freddie Anderson's as bad as Maple Leafs fans think he is. Like, they yeah. keep saying, oh, we got upgrade on Anderson. I'm like, to me, he's still a, a top 15 goalie in the NHL. So, like, Toronto's Toronto's got a pretty good team. Like, they've got a legitimate top five or six overall. I know they're number one in the league right now, but they've got a top. Montreal, to me, has got room to grow. I'm not surprised they've had some growing pains with the inexperience in the center. And the whole Duran situation is quite unsettled. Obviously, the biggest surprise has been Carey Price. He hasn't yeah. been very good. Yeah. The Oilers, I expected them to continuously improve. They had the highest winning percentage of the Canadian teams last year. They just needed to have two goalies. Uh, Winnipeg, once they got Dubois, then they became, I mean, yeah. the strength they have down the middle. And it turned out like that, that organization does a good job, right? They, 
They got Peon for Truba. They won that trade. 100% they did, yep. Right? 45-point so, defenseman. And... Like, look at Winnipeg at center. Like, that's just saying Winnipeg plays Montreal. Okay? Let's say it's Edmonton and Toronto and Winnipeg and Montreal. I'm not discounting Calgary yeah. for the record. I'll say at this stage it's going to be hard for Vancouver to make it. But Calgary's still got a chance. I, I like the position Edmonton's in. I think Edmonton, but let's just say Winnipeg plays Montreal. You're going to go Shifley, Dubois, and Lowry down the middle against Kakaniami, Suzuki, and Deneau, uh, and, and who's playing for a contract. Yeah. Right? And two of those guys are small for Montreal. Winnipeg's going to – and then, as good as Price can be, the other guy in goal has been better over the last three seasons in Alibi. You know, so yeah, the Canadians got a pretty good, a pretty heavy defense that maybe gets fewer calls against them in the playoffs. But the Jets, are, I mean, they're they're good down the middle. Yeah, Toronto think- does it. Toronto's got speed. They're fast. That's why I'm thinking if it's me, I'm putting more speed in the lineup against Toronto because I think you need it. Right. Don't forget, Winnipeg's got cop too. But he's strong that, yeah, he's on that third line though with Appleton. Yeah, he plays wing. But, but, but this year, in, this right? year he's been in the top six. Yeah, 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 this yeah series, correct. Yeah, yeah. So no, they've got they've got a like they once the 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 thing that changed. I actually thought Winnipeg was going to miss, okay, because I thought they were too uh, too light on defense, and then I was like, ah, they're unsettled. There's something not right with it. Well, then they can trade line A and they get Dubois. Yeah. And they vastly improved in my mind that trade vastly improved their hockey club. Yeah. Like they got they got two guys, like Rosselvick wanted to be out of there. And then it was clear line A wasn't going to be long for them. And then they got a guy who plays a critical position that wants to be there. So like Winnipeg's good. They're gonna there's and know, I wonder if Ekholm is the guy that they would, you know, go after, you know, and, and he's got another year left on his deal. You know, it kind of gives them another good lefty defense, like, you know, because after, so I think their top, you know, is, is Morrissey, you know, Pionk, it, it, those are like your, 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 your runners right there. So I just kind of wonder if they try to, you know, solidify it and, and even, even that out on the ball. Well, I know he loves DeMello too, right? Yeah. Maurice yeah. loves DeMello. So yeah. uh, I would give Winnipeg a good solid lefties and two solid righties there, but Ackholm's a pretty good defenseman, and he's cheap. He's like a three point seven five million dollar cap hit. Like yeah. He's pretty inexpensive. Yeah, and we have seen those those kind of trades happen as of late. Muzzin, yeah, you, know, you got Martinez. You know, those deals have kind of happened where guys got another year left on the deal. But you know, it, it it'll be interesting to definitely see. Like, and that's why I think I think the Oilers are are in that that you know category now and they put a put strung some really good games together and and made a buffer between some of the other teams do you, do you guys think calgary can get in the mix here like are they still in the mix i mean they're basically they got 10 wins in 22 games yeah. so what yeah. do you think of calgary well, play I, what do you yeah, we're gonna I, play I go there there's something and we've talked about this uh, there's something missing they they're they're i don't know if they're in the transition of of kind of moving the team to to a Kachuk or Kachuk yeah, yeah. type team like they're 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 almost in transition and and it's you know kind of like the the passing of the torch Giordano to whoever it may be that takes over whether it's Monaghan or or I, I there's just you watch them and you just expect more and there's there's just they, there's something you know some games they'll have it some games they don't but there's just something missing they're missing a key point I I don't 
can't say that I watch them enough to, to, to figure, kind of figure out what it is, but I mean, Goudreau's up and down. He's kind of, I mean, he's been solid, but he's lately yeah. he's been up and down, but yeah, there's just something missing there. I don't, I don't know if they, you know, they, they got some work to do if they want to play with the, the, the big four in, in the North. So. All right. Josh, what do you think? Yeah. You know, it, 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 I think it's just the best way to say it is they're very inconsistent. You know, they, they get pumped. To, Edmonton takes them like, you know, whatever the Friday game is a two one game. It's an even game that can go any way. Edmonton gets the win. You know, you come back 40, uh, 24 hours later, Connor takes over and he goes supersonic gin and tonic as Bob likes to say at times. So yeah. <laughs> I'll take your words out of your mouth on that, but he just goes crazy. And then, then they put two good games again together against Toronto and then they just lay up a stinker against Ottawa and then they play a good game yesterday and it's like, well, what team is it? So I think it's inconsistent, but what I think what's interesting is that Ward went back to what, 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 what worked before and he went back to his regular lines you know, when, when they were working and that seemed to get them going yesterday. So will he stay with that? I think so. I think the biggest thing there is they get exposed on that third pairing. So I, I wonder if something happens there, if they, that's another team that maybe tries to bring Travis Hamannick back, or if they try to use some of the depth that they signed either Stone or Petrovich to solidify, because I don't think Nesteros worked, but I think, I think more or less my problem is I think their defense is, is been their problem right now. Giordano doesn't look his normal self. Well, he's thir- is he not 38 now? Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. So, you know, so I think, you know, and, and Anderson's been up and down. You know, I know Monaghan hasn't been good, but he's got two goals in his last three games. So it, he's kind of going a bit there and we'll see what happens with Markstrom. But and know. and like like Bob, I mean, he Giordano's an older guy, right? Not that I mean, these guys are elite athletes. They're in fantastic shape. But we're in a different realm. This is unlike anything they've seen. Yeah. or played with before right they're yeah. they're built for this but i mean god it takes it you know giordano doesn't play late minutes it takes a toll on a guy as, like, as the, a like you compare his to his play like the minutes that he would take to darnell nurse darnell nurse can handle this from here on out like like this season and probably yes. um, obviously i know there's age and all that but it just think it's it's the fact that, like, Darnell Nurse, like, he played those 62 minutes between that Battle of Alberta, and he just – he looked like he could – like, that could have went to eight overtimes, and he could have just played and still been very effective. And he doesn't play an easy game. Like, he doesn't no. play like Pronger. Like, he's not playing in the on a rocking chair, no. transitioning the puck with, with with firing it up the ice. He's transporting it. Like, the, the, the interest – like, I do think there's already – you look at what Calgary does. They play Tanev with Hannafin. So that's their shutdown period. So they're actually giving the easier minutes already to Giordano. Yeah. He's getting the second. He's getting the second line matchups there. I, I do concur with you, Clay. I think there's clearly a a passing of the torch going on. Uh, you know, you know what's interesting now. Um, Poliarvi, like, and he's got huge support in this fan base. You guys know that. Yeah. Oh. He is. He's 22. Where is he going to be at 25? Like, <laughs> like Blake Wheeler at 22 was first year in the NHL after playing three years at Minnesota. Right. Yeah. And I remember I'd say that in the past and everybody would be like, you're an idiot. You know, last year when he was over in Finland and well, he's got six goals in his last 11 games and he's created four of those six goals himself. Yeah. Like he's made the play. Right. And so where's he going to be with another three years with refining his, because 
because Pugliari's fast. He's, his hips are better now. So he's physically engaged. He's got a good stick on the forecheck. He's creating turnovers. He's creating so in three in in two more seasons, like I didn't think he could become a 25 to 30 goal scorer. And now I'm starting to think, I think he could be a 25 to 35 goal scorer. Could he, you know, could he be a playmaker the way Wheeler is? Maybe not, but Wheeler didn't become who Wheeler was until he was like 28, 29, 30. Exactly. Right. So yeah. that should have, and I bring that up because of Kachuk, because Kachuk was, you know, I actually think Brady's better than Matthew. Yeah. I think Brady's going to be the better player long term. I, I agree. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I think, and to come back to the Pooley Arby situation, I think, you know, even with, I'm not trying to compare him to Leon Drysaddle. Like, Drysaddle is, is unreal. But when Drysaddle came into the league, we thought he was a 75 to 85 point yeah. player. And then, right? Do you know how hard it is to get 85 points? Like, <laughs> I was thinking he could be, I, I was like, you know, I told you the story about Corey Clouston. Like, yeah. I said, how good is this guy? And he said, uh, I, I go, I see uh, Dakota Conroy has 30 goals for you this year. You think he can play, you know, how, how would he look in Alberta's top six next year? He goes, I, I think he's going to have problems making their team, Bob. And I go, well, he's got 30 goals. And he go, and then Corey goes, well, stop. You would score 25 goals on Leon's wing right now. And I'm like, yeah. the me that met you, Corey, in 1989 at the U of A? And he goes, no, the 240 way now. I'm like, I'm 240. <laughs> and he goes, the 240 pound you. He goes, the looks that Leon provides at this level and he goes, Bob, here's the deal. Everybody thinks he's a playmaking centerman. And he is. Yeah. He's going to be way better than everyone thinks. Yeah. And I think. Way better. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Leon practicing with Connor. There you go. With Connor. Osmosis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think the same thing could be said for Pugliarvi. Practicing, playing, you know, you're, 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 you're rubbing off on that guy in my mind. And I think there's a 40 goal guy there. You know, I don't think he's a one-time 40-goal scorer. I think he's a multiple 40-goal scorer in this league. I, You know, it's weird because before Pooley all – Yeah, but I said this like in our Dirty Birds chat. Yeah. I said years ago before the whole thing of him going back and stuff, I said he, he would score 34 goals or 45, 35 goals that year. Like he, you can see it. It's just now he's putting it together, right? I can't – I got to be honest with you guys. I can't believe how – like – as optimistic as I am, I could not believe he would be this good. Like well, talk talk about that. Just I think you were gonna you were gonna say his competitive. That's what shocked me is the way he he's battling. Like yeah. and rhetorically, he he still has to lose some baby fat. Like he's gonna grow into this body and like like you know my wife even said, look at how big he is. Yeah. And, He's yeah. a he's a kid still. He's a baby. But he's he's physically engaged. He takes straight yeah. lines to the puck. He's got a good stick that can he he should draw way more penalties than he does because guys are reaching and hooking on him because he beats guys to pucks. Yeah. And then they have to reach in and grab. Like that's that it it's and even as like even a little bit of the read and react game, he's starting to get with Connor. Right? Like the goal he scored, obviously the first one he got against Ottawa was a beauty. Um the third goal he scored in Calgary on the give and go. That was an awesome looking goal, right? Like that, that was top, top, like probably a top 10 goaltender too, right? On Markstrom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so that's, I got it like, and that's what I mean. Like, like Josh, you know, a year ago, we didn't know 
Like there were people that thought the owners should trade Paul Yarby for a third round draft choice. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And now he, now you're sitting there going, he like, it sounds crazy right now to say this. Will he be better in, at 25 than Matthew Kachuk? Could yeah. he be, because Matthew Kachuk is a terrific player for Calgary. Yeah. Will he, could he get to the point because of his size, because of his skating ability, because he's got, he's a better skater than Kachuk. He's not on the power play consistently. He's getting that. Not his first the other night. Yeah, he doesn't need to be. He, yeah. he just, but he's just fine. in the numbers though, I'm saying. Yeah, like, he's absolutely. The, even, and he, and even, he, he, he's going to have a better supporting cast than, yeah. than Matthew Kachuk will. Even, right? he, you know what, even take a look at how, like he's, so he's the net front. He's getting some time as a net front. So you got Chase on in the last year of his deal and you got Neil like there's a, and, and so let's just say moving forward next year, the window he's of probably going to be the, the net front as a right shot next year on the power play. Yeah. And he's got really good puck retrieval skills because he's got an active stick. Like I, I gotta tell you guys, those two guys too. Right. So yeah, while well, he's younger and he's yeah. quicker, yeah. that's something that like when Horkoff replaced Ryan Smith on the power play for Kruger, that's the thing that everybody like. I was like, yeah, it totally makes sense. He, he he's their faceoff specialist, and then he's the net front, and he's got a quicker stick than Smith, so he's better at getting loose puck retrievals. And when you're creating chaos down low, so he's a better net front than. And you know, people are like, well, Ryan Smith, you know, what are you talking about? The guys, you know, and like, well, what I'm telling you is for the purposes of the Oilers' power play because it's not built around the net front. The net front's a support player, and so it's going to be really like. Because of Pugliarvi, because of Yamamoto on the right side, McDavid and Dreisaitl, obviously RNH, there's five legitimate top six forwards there, two of the best players in the world. Because of the young defense and because they're going to have some cap space, they're going to be really intriguing to watch. But but because of the situation we're in with COVID and the quarantine, I don't know if there's short-term solutions to dramatically improve the team talent-wise during the course of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Very well said. Uh, Vandy, All right, boys. Yeah, we uh, kept you long enough. Vandy, uh, you have anything you want to f- – any final thoughts? No. Nope. Okay, perfect. Keep Thanks. on keeping on, Bob. Hopefully Great those kids can overcome your coaching, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, hopefully we can get some games in before all this is said and done. Uh, let's get yeah. back. Let's get back to normal. Yep. Thanks yep. for your yep. time, guys. Take Thank care. Thank you, Bob. Bob. Take care. If it's done right the first time, you don't have to redo it. If you get Pete's concrete to pour your driveway, you don't need a repeat. When your patio is a PDO, you don't need a repeat. When Pete's concrete fixes your sidewalk, all it takes is once. You don't need a repeat. And if your basement leaks, a Pete's repair helps avoid a repeat. Get it done right the first time, with the colors and textures you want, so you don't have to redo it. For concrete, you can choose Pete's or repeats. Pete's Concrete.